0: And Dr. Owens made sure that the first thing we studied was King's theology of love. That revolutionary, life-giving, community-building love that lies at the heart of all of his work. Everything he did, everything he said, everything he wrote. Scholars refer to this principle as the Kingian notion of agape love. Just so you know. And not only does this Kingian notion of agape love that I'm about to talk to you about encompass all of our themes that I mentioned earlier, but it actually provides a roadmap for the why and the how of doing justice. So if y'all are ready to go on a little journey with me, I'm gonna give you a very quick crash course that involves learning a little bit of ancient Greek, so. ready? Okay. (laughs) Maybe some of you have heard the word agape before. Um, Unlike English, in the ancient Greek, it's one of many, many words for love that they used. Um, So it's different from a lot of other, um, I, think, I think there's seven. So there's philia, which is the ancient Greek word for brotherly love. There's eros, which is the ancient Greek word for romantic love. And then there's agape, which is bigger. It's a boundless cosmic love that is rooted in the inherent dignity and worth of every single human being who has ever and will ever live. But King explains this so much better than I ever could, so I'm going to read you a little excerpt from his 1958 essay, An Experiment in Love, which is a masterpiece, and I would recommend reading it all the time if you have access to it. So here we go. Quote, Agape means understanding, redeeming goodwill for all men. It is an overflowing love, which is purely spontaneous, unmotivated, groundless and creative. Agape is disinterested love. It is a love in which the individual seeks not their own good, but the good of their neighbor. Agape does not begin by discriminating between worthy and unworthy people or any qualities that people may possess. It begins by loving others for their sakes. It is an entirely neighbor-regarding concern for others which discovers the neighbor in every person it meets. Therefore, agape makes no distinction between friends and enemy. It is directed towards both. If one loves an individual merely on account of their friendliness, they love them for the sake of benefits to be gained from the friendship rather than for the friend's own sake. So consequently, the best way to assure oneself that love is disinterested is to have love for the enemy neighbor for whom you can expect no good in return, but only hostility and persecution. End quote. This is profound in all contexts, but I want us to think for a second about what this means and meant specifically during the civil rights movement. Yes, they hate us, says King. Yes, they are kicking our children in the streets. Yes, they are bombing our churches. Yes, some of us will lose our lives. And yes, we are afraid. But every single response or action from every single person in the movement, every single step of the way, every single time, must be rooted in and indicative of this boundless love. No exceptions, says King. And remember, you don't love them because that's how you're going to do justice. You love them for their own sakes. You love them because they're human, and so are you. This has its critics. King has its critics. All prolific writers and speakers do. But I wonder what it might look like for us right here to apply King's strict principle of agape love seriously today in our own lives. And I imagine this will look slightly different for all of us, especially since this is an intergenerational service. And of course, it'll also look different from King's context. you know. 50 years ago, and we're a church of predominantly white folks in the 21st century. But I'd like for us to take a moment and think about this, and we can discuss this during the talk back that's happening after the service that I mentioned as well, if you're interested. But just take a second, take a breath, and think to yourself, who do you know who is causing harm or perpetrating injustice in your own life? This could be anything from a racist coworker to a bully on the playground. How can you practice having love for them? Now, says King, take it one step further. Within this framework of agape love, there is a categorical imperative of action this love has to be in our hearts and in our hands. So we have to think it, and then we have to feel it, and then we have to actually do it. Even when, well, perhaps especially when we're afraid. So how can you love the bully or the racist out loud in a way that they will notice? How can you show them that your love for their humanity, for all humanity, is so much greater than the hurt that they're acting out on and perpetrating. This is both small and massive, and it's a step that we have to take to build the world that we talk about in church, that justice-filled world that the moral arc of the universe is already bending toward, according to Reverend King. So if you're up for it, let's keep discussing, keep brainstorming what it means to have a willingness to go to any length to restore community in 2020, even after Black History Month is over. I think we may find, as Dr. Vincent Harding said in our reading, that our, cap- our capacities to respond to injustice are probably far greater than we even imagine. So may we continue to learn from the courage and the wisdom of Dr. King and the many, many other leaders of our country's civil rights movement in the past and present. And may we do so with love in our hearts, but also with dirt on our hands. Blessed be.
1: That is a little tree planted on a little hill, and on that tree hangs the most influential character that ever came in this world. Never feel that that tree is a meaningless drama that took place on the stages of history. Oh no, it is a telescope through which we look out into the long distance of eternity. See the love of God breaking forth into time. It is an eternal reminder to a power-drunk generation that love is on the way. It is an eternal reminder to a generation depending on nuclear and atomic energy, a generation depending on physical violence, that love is the only creative, redemptive, transforming power in the universe. So this morning, as I look into your eyes, And into the eyes of all my brothers in Alabama and all over America and over the world, I say to you, I love you. I would rather die than hate you. And I'm foolish enough to believe that through the power of this love somewhere, men of the most accountable content will be transformed. And then we will be in God's kingdom. We will be able to matriculate into the University of Eternal Life because we have the power to love our enemies, to bless those persons that cursed us, to even desire to be good to those persons who hated us, and we even prayed for those persons who despitefully used us. Oh God, help us in our lives and in all of our attitudes. To work out this controlling force to love and this controlling power that can solve every problem that we confront in all areas, let us join together in a great fellowship of love and bow down to Jesus, give us this strong determination, and the name and spirit of this Christ be praised.
0: Obviously, that's a little more Jesus-y than we are, but. (laughs) King was a Christian. Okay, Now we're switching gears, y'all. Our generosity recipient for February is the South Tulsa Community House. Located in the heart of one of Tulsa's most vulnerable neighborhoods, 61st and Peoria, STCH is a